But if you want to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 13, that would be great. And if you're using the green Bible on the way in, it's page 920, 920. And we're going to do Acts 13, 4 through 12 today. And the title is, Expect Spiritual Warfare When You Follow God's Leading. Expect spiritual warfare. Expect resistance, spiritual resistance when you follow God's leading. How many here have been on a mission trip? We were talking about the first mission trip in Acts last time. How many have been on a mission trip? Uh, awesome experience, right? Whoever hasn't been on one, we're going to get you on them. We're going to send you to Peru. We're planning one on the DR this summer. We're going to try to actually get there this summer. So we're working on that. But uh, it's just an adventure of a lifetime. I know Kim and I have been on many mission trips and had some crazy adventures. But our most, I think our most memorable one was our very first mission trip together when we uh, were just starting out in youth ministry, did youth ministry for 10 years. And we went to Mississippi. With a, uh, we took a busload of kids down the Mississippi. I think we had 40 people. Drove down the Mississippi, do a mission trip there. And uh, the, the interesting thing, though, was Kim was eight months pregnant. And so the doctor said, you know, and Kim, you know, Kim runs everything. I couldn't go without her. So, so he's, he, the doctor's like, go ahead. It's the first one. They never come early. Just go on down and just enjoy the mission trip. Well, first of all, it was a hundred, hundred degrees and eight months pregnant. And I remember Kim started swelling. You know, she's like, why am I here? You know, no, she didn't say that, but, but she was swelling and <clears throat> her ankles and all that. But then the kids every morning, they had their devotional time and they were praying that Kim would have the baby on the trip because they wanted to be the aunts and uncles to this first baby. And Kim was like, stop praying that way. Stop praying that way. Well, their prayers were answered. Uh, we were watching fireworks. On we were watching fireworks, Fourth uh, of July, and Kim started having fireworks. She goes, "My stomach feels funny." I go, "It's just the vibrations of the fireworks." She goes, "No, it's more than that." And sure enough, the next morning, uh, we she had baby Ryan. Ryan was our first in Mississippi. And uh, they came and picked us up, and they, we had this old Greyhound bus. I'll never forget it. They came and picked. Her up, they, the nurses like we never saw a baby get picked up in a Greyhound bus, and they had to be strapped the the car seat in, and then the the church moms all felt sorry for her, so they flew us home and made the kids ride home on the bus. They flew us home so she didn't have to ride the Greyhound bus all the way home from Mississippi, and uh, so that was quite a memorable mission trip, right? And uh, also on the trip. Uh, we brought home rattlesnake eggs, several packets of rattlesnake eggs. And the interesting thing about rattlesnake eggs is if you keep them dry, they will stay dormant for years. And so whenever I talk about the mission trip, I like to give somebody the, a, a packet of the eggs. And uh, Evan is a brand new, come on, Evan. Evan is a brand new school teacher. Uh, kindergarten, first year. And so this is something that would be really cool. You can show the kids. Come on up. You can show the kids the rattlesnake eggs. Maybe just open up and just show everybody a couple of them. Just for, zero in on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> you get, the kids will love it. The kids will love it. You can use other kids. So... <laughs> <laughs> we really, I really did bring those kind of back. Uh, it, 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 you wind this thing up inside and it makes the noise, but it's really easy to do. But, but I got them for, I was telling Laura about that. And I was like, I want the, the, those eggs. So I, I brought them home. And so everybody who comes to our house now, she plays the trick on. A lot of you have, you know, right? A lot of you have had the trick played on. People are like, drop them, scream, you know. Evan's pretty brave. He handled that pretty well. But, uh, 
It's, uh, that trip was crazy. Our first trip was crazy, but it's nothing compared to our first mission trip in the book of Acts. And wait till you see what Paul had to deal with. Not fake eggs, not fake rattlesnakes. He had to deal with a real snake. He had to deal with Satan. He had to deal with Satan. He had to deal with a real snake. And that's why I use that. Thank you, Evan, for being a good sport about that. But uh, I wanted to connect the, the snake idea here, okay? Let's pray again. Father, we thank you for the worship. Thank you for bringing so many of us together today when it looked like we maybe we weren't going to be able to meet. But, you know, we just thank you that we were able to get together and, 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 and also to have this live stream that people that couldn't get here can still be part of our service. And, Lord, this is such a, a powerful passage we pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us through this. And pray that if anybody has never put their faith in Jesus, today would be that day. I pray it in Jesus' name. And pray that we would all have victory in Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so last week we saw Acts 13, 1 to 3. And we saw that the Holy Spirit sent Barnabas and Saul out on the first mission trip in the book of Acts. All right. Now let's pick it up to what happens next. See, the Holy Spirit sends them and look what happens to them. The, verse four, the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God to the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Patmos. I'm sorry, Pat. So used to the revelation, Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul, Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas, that's another name for uh, Bar-Jesus, Elymas the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elymas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. Will you, never, uh, you are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop trying to... Per- I'm trying to do it by memory. Okay. Will you never stop per- perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind, and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. I have a lot of that memorized, but I'm getting older. 60, getting older. All right. So anyway, um, up until now, Barnabas has been the leader, right? Remember, he mentored Saul, and he has been the leader. And even in verse 2, back last week when we saw verse 2, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've committed them. But now we see in verse 9, a dramatic shift takes place. And the Holy Spirit is behind it. Verse 9, then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elymas and said, and then we're going to see what he said. We're going to go over that again a little bit later. But look what happened. The Holy Spirit leads here. We see a dramatic shift that Saul takes the lead in this ministry. And he not only takes the lead, but he keeps it for the rest of the book of Acts. Saul is the lead guy now, and Barnabas takes a secondary role. And the Holy Spirit led this. The Holy Spirit leads this. And not only... Because now Barnabas has mentored him. He's ready. The Holy Spirit says he's ready. And now 
Saul takes the lead. And not only does he take the lead, but he gets a brand new name. His name is now Paul, which we usually go by. Because if he's going to be given the mantle, he's the 12th apostle. We've talked about this before. He's the 12th apostle, but he's specifically apostle to the Gentiles. And if he's going to take this mantle, he has to have an important name, an important name. Uh, the, you know, the apostle title, but he has to have an important name. You know, like, um, well, I'll pick maybe an important religious leader of today. Let's go with the Pope, the Pope, all right? Um, I looked up the Pope's proper title according to the Vatican website, is Bishop of Rome, Vicar of Jesus Christ, successor of the Prince of the Apostles, Supreme Pontiff of the Universal Church, Primate of Italy, Archbishop and Metropolitan of the Roman Province, Sovereign of the State of the Vatican City, Servant of the Servants of God. (laughs) That's the name that they've given the Pope. That's all of his titles. Listen, the Bible clearly teaches there's only one head of the church. Whether, the, whether Talking about there's only one head of the church in heaven and on earth, and his name is Jesus Christ. And you give somebody all the titles you want, it doesn't change that. Jesus is the head of the church, and the Bible, the Word of God, is our authority for today. And I was using that kind of tongue-in-cheek because I want to contrast what we see in the Bible, the, the, the name that... Saul ends up with Saul, the apostle to the Gentiles, ends up with the name, wait for it, Paul, which we already talked about. And Paul means supreme head of the church. No, no. Paul means little, little (laughs) because Paul was little. And it's probably a term of affection for him. But he was short, which surprised people. Probably surprises a lot of you. A lot of you didn't know Paul was this little guy. All right? He was little. Uh, the, the churches expected, when they hear about Paul coming, they expected this big, burly guy to come in and, you know, and be Elijah type, you know, call down fire from heaven, that kind of a guy, the Elijah type, because, uh, because of his reputation for spiritual power. Because of his letters that he wrote. You read some of his letters, and he's a hard-hitting guy. He was no wimp, right? He was hard-hitting. So they, they would expect this, but what we know from the epistles, Paul says it himself, this little unimpressive Paul shows up. This, this, this spiritual midget shows up, right? And, and he shows up, and even in the epistles, he talks about that. Yeah, you, you saw me, and you weren't too impressed with me until I started, you know, into the Word of God, right? You know, and, and, and they would be like, this little guy shows up, and they'd be like, what? That's him? That's him? It reminds me of what happened with us in New Hope. Uh, when we started the church in New Hope, uh, a few of you were still for here 21 years ago, and there was all this fireworks. There was attacks. They didn't. They they tried. This radical group tried to keep us from coming into New Hope, from starting a church here, because we followed the Word of God. And they were attacking, and they spread lies about us and about me specifically. All smeared me, smeared me. They had a, a petition that the for the whole community decide they try to get every as many people as they could to say don't let this church come into this town don't let them use the school blah 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 they're going to just this guy is going to destroy our town with hate he's a hater he's a monster of hate and they spread all this is crazy and i i have a friend who signed that petition he's a good 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 friend now but he signed the petition and, and he told me later on a couple years later he goes yeah i remember when they you know i heard about you i was like wow that guy sounds scary you know and i'll sign it 
it, and he signed it, you know. And, and then he goes, then I'm at the baseball field, because he's a baseball guy, the coach. And, he, and I saw, and someone says, there he is, there he is. And I looked over, and I go, that's the scary guy, that little guy over here watching the game, you know. That's him, that little guy, you know. And he's like, I'm like, I, I think I got the, you know, it was crazy what they were saying about you. But little Paul was like that. He, he didn't impress anyone until he begins to preach, until he begins to heal, until he begins to cast out demons. And then, pow, wow, then they, uh, then they see his spiritual power. And look what he does. I'm just going to read this again, starting with verse 6. Look what he does here. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. Interesting, Paulus, right? The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Ilimus, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimus and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord. Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You're going to be blind, and for a time you'll be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. So we look what he does here. The proconsul, who is the local leader of this, this area, he... The Holy Spirit is working in his heart, and he's starting to be drawn by the gospel to Jesus Christ. And Paul begins to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with him, and he's making headway. You see him, he's, he knows there's an open door for the gospel here. But <clears throat> there's a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet who opposes him. He tries to block the gospel. He tries to stop that happening. Now, according to Jewish law, what should have happened to this guy named Bar-Jesus? What should happen to him? He should have been killed. He should have been stoned. He broke, according to the law, he should have been stoned twice for being a sorcerer, immediate stoning in the, in the law, and second of all, for being a false prophet. Stoning on both counts, because a false prophet is someone who says, this is going to happen, it didn't happen, that shows they're a false prophet. Same goes for today. A lot of people out there in the church claim to be prophets, and you, you, you look at their, what they say is going to happen, and they're about 50%. About 50%. Uh, I always say to people, you should be listening to them. That person should be stoned. They probably are stoned. You know, so, so uh, they, they, you know, it's crazy. But this guy should have been stoned. We shouldn't listen to these false prophets, by the way, who make a lot of money on TV, 50%. I could hit 50%, right? Uh, they get, you know, they, 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 they're, they're false prophets. Nobody should listen to them. Uh, we should reject them. But this guy should have been stoned. But the Jewish leaders didn't stone him. Who did they stone? Stephen. They're so apostate. The Jewish religious leaders at this time, that's why they rejected Jesus. Right? Not all of them. Nicodemus followed Jesus. Many followed Jesus. But the majority were apostate. They were stoning the, the true followers of God. They stoned Stephen, no problem. But they don't stone a, a sorcerer and a false prophet. Right? This just shows how, how bad things were going here. How, how apostate it was. And look at his name. Bar Jesus. Bar Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Son of Jesus. Or Joshua. It's the same word, Hebrew, Joshua. Uh, the Greek is Jesus. But, but son of Jesus, son of Joshua. And what does Joshua mean? We all know that from before. 
You already forgot it. I preached through Joshua twice. God saves, right? God saves. And that's why Jesus, Joshua was a type of Jesus. It's a picture of what Jesus was going to do. It's the same word. God saves Joshua, Jesus. Okay. Go back and listen to the book of Joshua. Gonna have to hear it again. But anyway, uh, but he, 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 he's named son of Jesus, right? But he's really the son of Satan. He's really the son of Satan. He's the child of the devil. Look at verses 9 and 10. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, we're going to read it again, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elymas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? He is a, a child of the devil. His, his nickname was Elymas, which means sorcerer. Listen, bar Jesus. Lesson for us. Not everyone who calls himself by the name of Jesus is really a follower of Jesus. Not everyone who calls himself a Christian is really a Christian, are they? No, 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 no. God, if we've seen anything in these last couple years, God is using these crazy times to separate the weeds from the wheat. The weeds from the wheat. Even in churches that we thought were solid, pastors, Christian friends, thought solid, God is separating the weeds from the wheat. We see that in the, in the Gospels. And Paul discerns the truth. The Holy Spirit shows him the truth. And what does he do? He's filled with the Holy Spirit and he hammers Elemas. He hammers Bar-Jesus. He hammers him. And this is interesting because <clears throat> there's a false belief in, in Christian circles today that if you are spiritual, if you're really filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be nice to everybody. Right? If you're, you know, if you're filled with the Spirit, you're always going to be nice to everybody. Now, it's true. We should be nice to the body of Christ, the true believers, and we should have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We should have that. But when it comes to false teaching and the, the perversion of the gospel, right, it, it, and demonic deception, no, there's no being nice. Look at, look at Jesus, what he said to the Pharisees. You snakes, you brood of vipers. How will you escape being condemned to hell? He called them snakes and said, you're going to hell. That's what Jesus said to the Pharisees that were, that were resisting the Holy Spirit, resisting the gospel of Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul, what did he say to the false teachers who were trying to tell everybody they had to be circumcised? He, they're, they're teaching a false gospel, a works-based gospel a works-based salvation very serious it's taught in most churches in america today you got to earn your way you got to be good enough you got to jump through religious hoops you got to fulfill religious rights and what did what did paul said but to these 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 judaizers these works-based salvation people who said they follow jesus he said i wish you not only would be, be circumcised i wish you would castrate yourselves that's what he said in the actual Greek, I wish you'd cast, go all the way and castrate yourselves. Your Bible probably says emasculate. That's what it means. That's what it means. This, this is, is how the Holy Spirit responds to false teaching. To false teaching when it creeps in. That's how he, he deals with it. And look what Paul not only says, but look what he does. Filled with the Holy Spirit in verse 11, he says, Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You're going to be a blind, and for a time you'll be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. What does he do? He blinds him. 
He blinds Bar-Jesus, LMS. He blinds him. And as Todd already pointed out, he already preached my sermon. I gave him permission. I gave him permission. But he, he nailed it. You did it. You nailed it perfectly. He, he already was blind, right? He already was blind. He was spiritually blind already. So why does the Holy Spirit blind him physically? He's showing everybody. He's giving everybody a, a clear lesson, a clear message that this man is blind. And now he's physically blind to show you how spiritually blind he already was. Listen, those in the New Age movement, those in the cults, those in the occult, most people in America spiritually are spiritually blind. They're blind, spiritually blind. Uh, And and even worse, these very people, the, the, the New Age, the cults, the occult, and all that's permeated our culture today are following demonic practices it's demonic it's not this harmless thing in the u.s culture we see it in the children's books we see it in disney with all their magic now you know we see it in in harry potter we see it in the the tvs and the movies and, and our whole culture is just movies just permeated books permeated kids all the way up through adults permeated with demonic it, it's even permeated permeated so-called christian churches it's 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 in churches everywhere it's unbelievable what has been allowed into churches that claim to be following jesus christ it's unbelievable i remember i was at a a fossil show and i used to go to the fossil shows and uh with with ron remember ron Rohrbeck, and we used to watch you know he'd, he'd he'd look for gems and i would look for fossils and we had a great time together and uh and so but I remember being at one of, one of the fossil shows uh, years ago, and there was, I saw this couple looking at crystals. And they were talking to the lady about crystals, and they were looking, talking about spiritual things with the crystals. Back when people, and they still do, but at one time crystals were really popular. And they would try to talk to spirits and, and connect to energy sources and blah, blah, blah through the crystals. And, it, and it, it, unfortunately, it, was, it, it happens. And, <clears throat> and I felt the Holy Spirit leading me. To say something. I don't do it to everybody at fossil shows. But I did. I, I felt like I said, you know, you have to be careful with those, those crystals because they can connect you to some very scary power sources. And, and, uh, and the woman turned to me and she was with her husband there and, or boyfriend, whatever they were. And she said, well, well I go to a church. I'm, I'm a United Methodist. And at my United Methodist church... My pastor, she told me that it was fine to use crystals. Well, I was thinking John Wesley would roll over in his grave to hear you speak that blasphemy. But uh, I also was thinking, no wonder you're off kilter with with she pastoring you, which goes completely against God's word. But what I said to her, as I said, listen... If you're really a Christian, you have Jesus Christ, and that's the only rock you will ever need. And she didn't know what to say. I walked away. That it, we, we better recognize what is permeating our culture. It's demonic. <laughs> Read the news. Read the news. You know, things that you would have never seen. Right from the book of Judges. It's de- people are demonized. It's crazy. 
crazy. And we have to be very careful. Maybe we need to go home and clean house. I remember dealing with a woman whose son was demonized. The word in the Bible is demonized. It could be oppressed. It could be possessed, whatever you want to call it. But it was demonized. And, and as we were praying for him, we sensed that there was a door open in the house, his family. And sure enough, I said, we, I remember talking, trying to cast this demon out, and we finally did. did. And, uh, and uh, he, he was, and this is, uh, don't misunderstand this, but he had severe ADD. But really, he had ADDD, all right? The, the world, all they could do is call it ADD, but we figured out it was ADDD, right? And, uh, and the, the Satan counterfeits and masquerades and all that. And I'm not saying everybody who has ADD is demons. I'm not saying that, please, all right? But, but some are. Some are. I'm not saying all mental problems are demonic, but some are. Some are. And I remember, though, we were trying to figure out what the source it was. And this one, finally, we, we said, what do you have in your house that's keeping this, your son under this oppression? And so we started looking around, and she had a bookshelves just packed with horror, horror books, horror books, horror movies, horror books. And she just loved horror. And we said, you know, this horror stuff is demonic. You know, the stuff that she was watching and reading, I said, this is demonic. You've got to get rid of it. And we did. We threw it away. Burned it, threw it away, whatever we did. I can't remember. We threw it all in the garbage, the garbage bags. And then the kid was freed. And this, this is, this, it's, it's for real. This, this, we have to clean house. We have to clean house. Very, very important to clean house. Uh, Paul... Paul has his first power encounter, we see in the book of Acts, his first one. And look who wins. Not bar Jesus. The real Jesus wins. The real Jesus wins. And look at the result of that winning, blinding the sorcerer, bar Jesus, blinded by the real Jesus. And look at the result of this power encounter in verse 12. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. He was saved. He was saved. And what saved him? Was it the miracle, the power encounter? Mm-mm. No, that just cleared the mist. That just blew the smoke away. That just opened the door so that he could hear the word. It was the word of God. He was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. That's what saved him. That's what saves us is hearing the word of God, hearing the gospel. That's it. Let's connect the dots to our lives. When we are following, that's what happened with Saul, Saul who became Paul, who you know, led this proconsul to the Lord and had this impact. When we are following the Holy Spirit's leading in our life, when we are fulfilling our God-given mission in life, expect spiritual opposition expect resistance expect spiritual warfare expect being attacked that's not a sign that you're doing something wrong so many times when that happens somebody responds this way we oh, what do we well oh, i must be doing something wrong i gotta figure out how to say it the right way so that they'll like me and they'll like what i'm saying right isn't it kind of like the american way you know you know marketing the church right but but that's not a sign we're doing something wrong or we're in the wrong place, but it's very likely a sign that we're right where God wants us. 
right where he wants us. When we're share, fulfilling our mission, when we're witnessing, and we they get that kind of response, it's a sign that we're where God wants us. I remember when we started the church and the petition. I talked about the petition, but we had the police for three months. We had police in the service. They were the most faithful guys in the in the building. You know, they came every week. We were paying them, but they were there, and uh, that we had to because it was crazy. They were trying to you know the, these these tolerant people were trying to come in and 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 welcome us with these very. Uh, uh, you know, hostile methods, right? And they're trying to, you know, do all kinds of crazy things. But that didn't discourage me. You know what? That didn't discourage me, but it encouraged me. I think it encouraged all of us. Remember that? We, we felt the Holy Spirit's affirmation. We knew we were, we knew we were where God wanted us. God probably knew I needed that because if we if I hadn't had all that fireworks I probably would have got bored and and left a few years later right but but I'm like I can't quit how many times I've thought about quitting here many many times many times think of 21 years and all we've been through and all our family's been through how many of you thought about leaving lots of people said oh boy I've I don't know, you know, especially at the beginning, right? But how many times I've thought about, you know, ah, this is a very frustrating place, right? You know, spiritually in New Hope. But what keeps me here? Well, first of all, God's call. I believe God's called us here. But also, it's the only Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church in this area. The only one. If we quit, there'll be nothing, and all those people that wanted to drive us out will have the victory. I just grip my teeth a lot of times. You know, I'm not going to let them see me quit. I want to see them go. And most of them are gone, aren't they? Most of them are gone. And, but that, that, that is confirmation. Listen, Satan will try to knock us off course, not just church, but in life, in what we're doing. He'll try to discourage in our families and our, our children and our jobs that God has called us to. Satan will, you know, our ministries, the people we're trying to witness to, Satan will try to knock us off course. He will try to discourage us. And we will get discouraged, won't we? But listen to someone who is even shorter than Paul. I want to read, read you something someone said that's even shorter than Paul. The shortest person in the Bible. Do you know what I'm going to talk about? What's that? Not Zacchaeus. Somebody even shorter. Nehemiah. <laughs> well, there's actually somebody even shorter. Bill Dad, the shoe height. All right, wait, wait, wait. I was a youth pastor. I'm going to pull them all out today. I'll pull them all out. All right? So, Nehemiah was even shorter than Paul. All right? And God called him, Nehemiah, right? God called him to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Talk about discouraging. Everybody attacked this guy. Even his friends. We've got to quit. They're going to come kill you. Attack after attack after attack. Nonstop. But what does he say in Nehemiah 6, 9? Memorize this one. They were all trying to frighten us, thinking our hands will get too weak for the work. And it will not be completed. But I prayed, now strengthen 
my hands. Powerful. Are you under attack today? If you're breathing, you probably are. Are you discouraged? If you're breathing, you probably are. Pray like Nehemiah. Now strengthen my hands. Memorize that and pray that. And like Paul, go on the offensive. Go on the offensive. When we get hit, our temptation is to go into our hobbit hole, right? But no, 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 no. Paul, leading of the Holy Spirit, went on the offensive. Because fulfilling our call, fulfilling our God-given witness, being a witness for Jesus Christ and spiritual warfare go hand in hand. Not just Chuck on the streets where he, he runs into a bus all every time, but for all of us, it goes hand in hand. And the reason it is is because we have to understand why that's the case. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, when Paul says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the the image of God. Why can't they see it? Why are we banging our heads against the wall? Why are we having this battle? Because the God of this age, who is Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. They're blinded. So you're not going to convince them with with a human argument. You're not going to win them over by 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 being, you know, you know, a certain way with them, being friendly enough or or whatever. I'm not saying you shouldn't do all that. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But that's not what's going to win them. It has to be dealt, dealt with spiritually. It's a, a spiritual battle that has to be dealt with. And it's going to take the prayer, and it's going to take spiritual battles to to reach people. We have to understand there is a spiritual reason for blockage. I had a friend who was at a a Christian camp, and he told me he was there, and he was counselor, and he said it was a horrible, he was there for a week, he said it was just horrible. Nothing could be accomplished spiritually at this camp. It It was like Satan was running the camp. It was crazy. We could not figure out what was going on, and we were praying and praying, and finally, we we started searching the cabins and in one of the one of the buildings they found a, a big this was back before the internet they found a big stash of pornography somebody who was involved in the camp had a whole bunch of pornography and they took it and they burned it and after that things just opened up spiritually at that camp because it was demonic it's demonic i remember i was at a i remember i was at a retreat uh, and I was speaking, and it was in Chicago. I remember I was in Chicago, and and I was speaking, and it was like talking to stones. You know, I had this whole for the weekend, and I'm talking, and, and it was like speaking. I was preaching the word, but it was like talking to stones. I could not break through. I'm like, why did I bother to come here? It was adults. It was an adult retreat, young adults. And, uh, and I remember thinking, what is going on? And then one of, uh, as I was talking to one of the... Worship leaders, they had, a, they, had a ma- they had a worship team. It was amazing. Not as good as ours, but it was amazing. It was amazing. You know, and, they, and they were all up there, and they were singing. And it was like, sounded great, but nothing was happening. And one of the worship guys started confessing to me, and he said, yeah, I'm sleeping with this girl on the team. You know, she's my girlfriend, and we've been sleeping together. I'm like, ooh, 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 that's not good. That's not good. So 
I prayed with them and they repented and I took them to their pastor and he and he's like, oh, geez, I'm glad you told me I'm going to hold you accountable. And but then started things started spreading and they told their friends and t- turns out everybody on that worship team, it was like 10 people. They were all sleeping together. They're all paired off and having sex. The worship team, right? Not married. They're, they're, they're in sexual sin. And they all started confessing it, and it all broke. And I'll never forget, I was with the whole team, and then the pastor, and, 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 and it all got done. And, and, then I, and then the pastor said to me, I'll never forget, and then I started speaking, and guess what? It was an open door. There was no spiritual block anymore. And, I, and, I, and the, the pastor came up to me. At the end, he's like, boy, thank you so much for helping us deal with this and expose this and break these strongholds. And he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad. But what am I going to do? I go back to church. I don't have a worship team. I said, get up there with a kazoo and lead the worship because the Holy Spirit's free to move now. doesn't matter what you do. Spiritually, it's spiritual. It's what Ephesians 6, 10 to 12 is talking about. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realm. It's, it, that, that is our battle. And we forget that. You think what's going on in America is just you know, politics? You think the Supreme Court dealing with you know, Roe versus Wade, what they're dealing with, you think that's just politics? You think, you think what's going on with the, the, the Supreme Court and the mandates and all this is politics? This is spiritual, connected to the book of Revelation. This is spiritual. You think what's going on in these churches going woke but not awake? You think that's just, you know, you know culture? It's spiritual. It's demonic. It, that's what's going on, it, and, and we, we have to recognize it. You think what's going on in your school is just, you know, you, look what's going on in the schools. If we can even call them schools anymore. The horror, what they just found in the library at New Hope Soberry, it, 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 they found books that, 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 that I'm, I'm, we're not meeting there anymore. I can tell the whole truth. You know, they found books there that if, if they had been in my house, I'd be in jail right now. That's what they found. Pedophilia. They found it in the school. Now, the police came. The police. Did anybody even know this? Oh, it's been in the news, right? Yeah, the police came and removed these books. But why were they ever there? It's demonic what's going on in the schools. It's demonic. And it's not just New Hope. It's across the board. It's a spiritual battle for the souls of the children. A spiritual battle. Crazy. It's spiritual, and that's why we must put on the full armor of God to fight these battles. Ephesians 6.13, therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the, the day evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to, to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, righteousness, right, living right, Christ's righteousness, but also holiness, the rightness. When we sin, when we... 
when we sin, we open ourselves up to attack. And, and we, we you know, hit the vital organs. Very, very important. In addition to all, uh, and stand and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of the spirit, which, I'm sorry, the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of repress, with all, ki- with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Spiritual warfare. Are our spiritual eyes open in our own lives, in our ministries, our, in, in, in our schools, in our college, colleges? They didn't even talk to the college thing. You know, colleges talk about demonic strongholds. Uh, you know, are our eyes open? Are we dealing with it spiritually? Look at the armor. Look at the prayer. Look at the dependence. Look at the word of God that we have to fight with. Are we dealing in our own lives? Are we dealing with it that way with our own children, with our own families, with our own marriages? And maybe you are here today and you aren't a Christian yet. Maybe you're listening to this or you're here today and you realize that you are spiritually blind. We all are. Before we come to Jesus Christ, you're realizing that you are spiritually blind. You are a spiritual zombie. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. That, that, that is where you are, but you can see today. You can be set free today. You can wake out of your zombie state today. You can do that by putting your faith in Jesus Christ, receiving his Holy Spirit, putting your faith in and receiving the Holy Spirit. That is the only way to be saved, to be sanctified, to be set free, to live free. That is the only way. In fact, in John 8, 31, where it says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Then in verse 36, it says, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. You can be set free right this very second by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Let's pray. Do you want to be set free today? Set free from Satan's blinding power. Be set free from being a prisoner of war to Satan and his demons and his lies that want to destroy you, want to destroy us. They want us to spend eternity in hell with them because they know that's where they're going. They want us to go too. They hate us because we're made in the image of God. Do you want to be set free? Do you want to have real life starting this very second? You can have it by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And you can do that right now. Right this very second, the simple prayer of faith based on John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The simple prayer of faith that, that Jesus, I put my faith 
in you. I don't want the sin anymore. I don't want the world's garbage. I don't want Satan's lies. I turn and walk away from that emptiness. ask you to forgive me for every sin, for every lie, for everything, all the shame, to forgive me because I'm putting my faith in you, Jesus. I believe you died on the cross to break sin's power, Satan's power. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose from the dead to give me a brand new life. Just as you rose with resurrection power, I want that resurrection life, that brand new life. The life of true power. true purpose eternal life with you if you have prayed that prayer of faith like the proconsul in Acts 13, you now have eternal life. And the Holy Spirit is now inside of you. The same Holy Spirit that Paul spoke through, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You are a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. You will never be the same again. I want to encourage you to tell somebody. Maybe tell me on the way out. Fill out the card. Stick it in the box. If you have a friend or family member here, tell somebody. Today, you have a Christian friend or family member, tell somebody so that we can be excited for you and help you in your new life in Jesus Christ. For those of us who are already Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Wow. Maybe our eyes have been opened to the real spiritual battle that we're in. Maybe we're discouraged and we have to turn that discouragement to encouragement, knowing that we're doing exactly what God wants. Will we pray like Nehemiah? Now strengthen my hands. Will we pray on this spiritual armor daily? Elizabeth Kiefer used to say to me every time I saw her, we've got to pray on the armor. Father, I pray that we would be victorious, victory in Jesus. We would be victorious in our spiritual battles, not discouraged, but empowered that every attack would just make us more dependent and more determined. I pray that you would use each of us in a powerful way to fulfill your purpose 
In Jesus' name, amen.